This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. We're going to be moving around in the New Testament this morning, looking at various passages. All of us are aware of the expression that freedom isn't free. We've been reminded of that this morning. The popular phrase, battle cry of freedom, reminds us that warfare has been needed to secure the deliverance of souls and nations. Sometimes this whole matter is confused. I'm speaking to military members and veterans today. And sometimes you look back on your experience and perhaps even your combat experience and you wonder, was it really all worth it? And it's in those times that you have to give those thoughts over to the truth. That you had the authority given by God through government to go and do what you did. And we can say, that with every conflict that we've been in in this nation, the result has been freedom for some. I'd like to say, like to think that, that whole nations were delivered like what happened in World War II. Uh, but in, in more recent conflicts, you, you have helped to bring freedom to many, though perhaps even the outcomes weren't exactly what you hope for or uh, what clearly clear thinking people in our nation hope for. Uh, and if you did that for the Lord, uh, I believe there's reward uh, for you. But give your thoughts over to the truth. Ultimately, the battle cry is necessary to relieve the bondage cry that results from sin. And certainly we can look back to where really the seeds were sown for Memorial Day and, and the, the Civil War in this nation, um, where a nation went to war with itself, with its own conscience, to free men and women. But James 4.1, in James 4.1, the finger of God puts once again uh, the points to the problem. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lusts, which war in your members. We know that's true of unbelievers. We know that that's true of believers. And certainly James was writing to Christians who were still at war, lacking freedom, lacking liberty, not because the work of Christ is insufficient, but because of their own thinking and the decisions that they were making. So on this Memorial Day weekend, it's fitting to once again memorialize the death, the complete victory, and the deliverance from sin that's found only in the person of Jesus Christ. Pastor Ned has, has rightly taken our thoughts there. So while we, we remember human sacrifice, we also remember the greatest sacrifice of the God-man, Jesus Christ. He said this in John eight thirty two: Ye shall know the truth, 
And the truth shall make you. That's an important word. It'll make you free if you embrace the truth. He would later declare himself to be the truth. John 14, 6, Jesus said unto him, speaking of Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by or through me. There's only one way to heaven, and it's through the cross and the sacrifice of Christ. Jesus said again in John 8, 36, If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. You know what that's talking about? Complete freedom. In Romans, Paul talks about being dead indeed unto sin. It's the same idea here. Complete victory, complete freedom over sin. Many have recognized this, including many of our founding fathers, many of our leaders, and these truths were declared before our government leaders right up into the 20th century. In fact, Peter Marshall, who was chaplain of the U.S. Senate right after World War II, prayed this before the senators. Quote, Lord Jesus, thou who art the way, the truth, and the life, Hear us as we pray for the truth that shall make us free. Teach us that liberty is not only to be loved, but also to be lived. Liberty is too precious a thing to be buried in books. It costs too much to be hoarded. Help us see that our liberty is not the right to do as we please, but the opportunity to do what is right. What a great quote. I was thankful for my Christian education growing up, elementary, high school, but I'll never forget a teacher taking the thoughts of Peter Marshall and helping us learn this definition of freedom. Freedom is the right to do what you ought to do. And of course, what we ought to do is defined by the Holy Spirit in his word. Freedom is not the right for you to do whatever you want to do. All of us have fallen flesh, and if you do what you want to do, that's going to take you into bondage and ultimate death. But we have the right in Christ to do what we ought to do, as God says in his word. So he defines it. He, he puts out there a standard that is, is beyond the strength of our flesh, but then in salvation, he gives us his spirit so that through the spirit's power, we can be Christ-like and we can please God. So, yes, the truth makes us free, but we understand why so many are still in bondage because they have rejected Christ. Once again, that is not just a reality for unbelievers you can receive Christ, have eternal salvation, and then in your daily living, practically, you can continue to reject Christ. Reject the voice of his spirit. And so there is an equally serious question that I'd like to ask this morning. Why are so many Christians who know the truth still in bondage? I'll ask it again. Why are so many Christians who know the truth still in bondage? 
part of the reason they're still in bondage is because they don't think they're in bondage. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, and we can convince ourselves we're walking in the light when we walk in darkness. And you can see it in their faces. You can hear it in their fear. Christians indwelt by the light of the world, but they're in bondage. Sometimes it's real easy to see their bondage because they're never in church. Now, they'll have their reasons, but they're denying the bondage. And they've excused away, perhaps, a sin habit. And they're in bondage, but, well, I'm not as bad as... And then they start the comparison game. I believe the answer to why some Christians are still in bondage is simply this. Either they don't understand or they have forgotten the necessary truths that God has given in his word for the pursuit of spiritual freedom. And I've entitled our message this morning, and we're going to look at this in the time we have left, the pursuit of spiritual freedom. I shared this with our staff at the retreat this past week when we were away. Early on in my biblical counseling training, we learned a simple formula. I'm going to give it to you this morning. I think it will be a help to you if you don't already know it or understand it. Here's it. Here it is. Right thinking leads to right actions which result in good feelings. Let me say that again. Right thinking leads to right actions that result in good feelings. Right thinking, where does that come from? Bringing our mind into line with what God thinks. Thinking God's thoughts after him. Where fear creeps in and doubt, is, it's when we stop thinking God's thoughts after him. But when you think right thoughts, the result is right actions. As a man thinketh in his heart, say it, so is he. And it's those right actions then that lead to good feelings. All right? Uh, when you get to lead somebody to the Lord, is that, does that feel good? Oh, what a joy. When you live in consistent victory, freedom over sin, does that feel good? Yeah. Now, your flesh will continue to tell you you're missing out on something, but that's a lie. Tell you what, there's a whole lot more joy and freedom in obeying God than trying to live with the guilt that follows sin. If you're a child of God and you're, you continue to dabble in sin, what a miserable existence. It's like a roller coaster, but I guarantee it's no fun. There may be pleasure in sin for a season, but then there's heartache. So the pursuit of spiritual freedom, and as we study scripture, and we look at the doctrine of Christian liberty in the New Testament, we could, we could look at it in great detail by going to some of the middle chapters of 1 Corinthians. And we preached through that book um, a couple years ago. We're not going to do that this morning, but I just topically want to go back to the New Testament and look at what it says about spiritual freedom or this liberty. And here's what we discover. First, the pursuit of spiritual freedom is enabled by the Spirit of God. 
It's enabled by the Spirit of God. Take your Bibles and go to 2 Corinthians, the third chapter. Second Corinthians chapter 3, drop down to verse 17. Now the Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is, say it, there's liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. So I should be speaking to a group of liberated souls this morning. And I think that I believe that I am, if you've trusted Christ as Savior, and that's just about everybody here. I hope everyone here. But if you're dwelt by the Spirit of God, you should be living in complete freedom today. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not in a body that's getting older and aches. All right? Uh, it doesn't mean that uh, when you went to start your car, like I did this week, and it goes click, 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 and nothing else, you know, that, that there's not concern as we go through uh, this life. But there should be freedom in our hearts over sin, over uh, what's happening in this world, in our nation. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now, by way of context, the expression Paul uses here is from Exodus 34, 34. And if you look at the context here in 2 Corinthians 3, what Paul is talking about, he's referring back to when Moses was on Mount Sinai and he met with the Lord. And what a glorious time that must have been. On a mountaintop with God. Seeing his power, communing with the Lord. And in that time that he was up there, the scripture tells us that because of the glory of the Lord, Moses' face shone. Insomuch that when he came off the mountain and, and Aaron and the others saw him, they were fearful. There was that glow and they requested that Moses put a veil over his face because it was, it was scary to look at someone uh, who was emanating the glory of God. Okay. But there are some wonderful practical lessons for us. You and I are indwelt by that same God. Amen. The light of the world is Jesus. And when you're yielded to the light of the world, what do you think is going to happen here? He is going to shine forth. And by the way, people are going to see it. I don't believe in that halo stuff. But you know what? You're going to shine. You're going to shine for Christ. And what happens is Paul will use what happened at Mount Sinai to say, that the veil is still there. Israel is refusing to see the glory of the Lord in providing Messiah for all mankind. They've, they crucified their Lord. They still reject that Jesus was the Messiah prophesied and in fulfillment of what the prophets said. So they're still blinded to the glory. Again, it's just it's so helpful to understand that imagery. 
The Holy Spirit is interchangeably called in the New Testament the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, Romans 8 9. Now he indwells you and I as believers. We not only have freedom to access God without fear because of him, but his presence gives us the ability, and I hope you'll remember this this morning. Okay, I am not one who, who feels like everything has to be alliterated, okay? But the Holy Spirit does that sometimes, okay? But I, if, if this will help you, here's, here's what the Holy Spirit indwelling you and me, here's what should happen. First of all, we should glow. Hope and joy. Hope and joy. Christian, do you really have any reason to be fearful about what's happening on the national or international scene today? Oh, pastor, did you see the news this week? Yeah, and it tells me Revelation's about to happen. Okay, so it's not bad news. Okay, these things must come to pass. How many times did the Lord tell us that? So the ability to glow, the ability to grow. I hope two weeks ago was not the same as last week for you. And, and by the way, it, growth for the Christian is not just like this. Oh, I wish it was. One pastor who was a mentor of mine said this. He said, we grow by jerks. There's a lot of truth to that. I grow a little bit. And then this jerk starts thinking he's okay. And then I go down and, and the Holy Spirit grabs me and pulls me back up. And, and maybe a little more growth. Uh, boy, I wish I wasn't where I, I wish I was farther ahead than where I am now. But I'll tell you this, I'm not where I was five years ago. Praise God. All right. So to glow, to grow, and then to go. What's the go do? Well, that's talking about go be obedient. He shall be witnesses. Go share the gospel. Go do what God has called you to do to make things right with a brother or sister that you're not right with. Maybe a spouse, maybe a child. Go. Go do whatever God has called you to do. Be fruitful. And we can do that without the bondage of the flesh. If you thought about the words of what the men sang a short while ago, I love that hymn, America, because there's so much spiritual truth in there. Only God can mend our every flaw. Only God, through his grace that he has shed on us, lead us into Christ-likeness. So the pursuit of spiritual freedom is enabled by the spirit of the Lord. He takes over and we become what he is and not what we are. He continues to increase. We continue to decrease. And we have this wonderful promise again where if we are yielded to the spirit of the Lord, we don't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So right now, as the scripture teaches, because of the Holy Spirit, you can have complete freedom over the power of sin. You can't. You can be like Christ. 
Do you understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit and are you walking in the Spirit every moment of every day? You can. He'll enable you to do that. And you can know freedom. Freedom from self. This leads to the second point. Yes, the pursuit of spiritual freedom is enabled by the Spirit of the Lord. Yet, if you study the doctrine of liberty in the New Testament, you also discover that the, the pursuit of spiritual freedom is encumbered by the flesh. That word encumbered is the idea of you can get entangled by the flesh and the stuff that the flesh wants. Galatians 5.1 says this, if you want to look over there. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. You can stand, not be moved. You can stand in the liberty in which Christ has made you free. But here's what's going to happen if you yield to that flesh. You'll be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. Now for you younger generations that are here, let me challenge you with something today. And by the way, this I hadn't planned to say this, but this caught my attention. Faith of our fathers. That second verse, how sweet would be their children's fate if they like them would die for thee. What I want to challenge us with today is in order to have freedom, you've got to be willing to die. But you younger generations, you're living in a narcissistic world that says real happiness comes from you loving and pleasing you. That's a lie. Now here's another part of that lie. Some of you are second and third generation Christians and because of what your parents and your grandparents taught you, you don't know the heartache that they experienced when sin ravaged their lives and they lived in those chains. And so you think it's not really that, a that much of a threat because that's not what I experienced. Can I just plead with you, don't lean on your experience. Lean on what God has said. Because if you don't, you're going to be right back in that bondage. I don't know of anything that breaks the heart of a parent or a grandparent more than to know what they were delivered from to have their kids question what God has said and to go back into the bondage. Please, please, please don't do that. Let God be true in every man a liar, including your own, your own man, your flesh. And so stand fast, therefore, with the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled. Stop being held in again with the yoke of bondage. There were things that bound us before the Lord broke the chains of sin in our lives. And giving in to those previous appetites will make us slaves again. No wonder the writer of Hebrews warns us, to lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us. And, and any mature Christian here knows just how easy it can beset us. Ugh. I mean, it's just, all you got to do is just one wrong thought down the path. 
So the key to freedom is self-denial, again, through the Spirit's power. Again, think about what the men sang earlier. Confirm thy soul in self-control. Boundaries equal freedom. By the way, that's why our nation needs strong boundaries. Confirm thy soul in self-control, thy liberty in law. And I'll just add one word. Thy liberty in God's law. I had a great upbringing as a child. Oh, I had so much freedom. Do you know why I had so much freedom and I had such a good time? Because mom and dad had rules. They loved me. And they told me living on the farm that there were certain places that you shouldn't play. Because there are four-legged critters who are bigger and they can hurt you. I didn't always obey and I found out sometimes that they were absolutely right. Now there are two subtle ways that we can be encumbered by the flesh again. And Paul confronts those uh, in the book of Galatians. If you're there, you can look at these passages with me. He writes in chapter 5, verse 13, Brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Now let me just stop. The liberty that you have is not just a, si- a nice side effect. It's your calling. When you are bound by sin, when you are bound by emotions that that steal your joy because you're looking in the wrong places, you're neglecting your calling. You have been called into liberty. But here's the warning. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh or to please the flesh. But by love serve one another. So liberty is in Christ isn't just a privilege, it's a calling. But don't be deceived into thinking liberty means you can start pleasing the wrong desires of your flesh. This is where the admonition from Scripture is so apropos. Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. Reading through the Bible this year, just I'm getting towards the end of King David's life. Wow. What a reminder, right? The kingdom's established. The enemies have been subdued. And where's David? He's not out fighting. I'm guessing that that he wasn't the sweet psalmist of Israel at that time, just walking with the Lord, being committed and dependent on God. He gets up from an afternoon nap, not where the king should be, and everything goes downhill from there. So what is the means to not being entangled? Well, it's right there in the verse. But by love, serve one another. Love for Christ and for others that bears the fruit of service, that's your deliverance. If David had been out serving, he would not have succumbed to temptation. When your focus is on loving and pleasing your Lord, when your focus is on loving and pleasing others in in serving and building them up like the Lord says we're here to do, 
It's amazing. When you're focused on those things, the flesh doesn't have quite the grip that it usually does. Isn't this what we remember this weekend? Who more than self their country loved and mercy more than life. What, what made Marines go ashore places like Iwo Jima? Well, because there were loved ones back home. And what Japan and Germany had to offer at the time was not going to help America. Wasn't going to help their families be free. And so they were willing to love and sacrifice. This defined the greatest generation. I believe it defines our heroes today as the videos reminded us. And by the way, if I could just encourage you military members, as our nation declines, please listen. You're going to be in services, Army, Navy, Marine Corps, Marines, Coast Guard. Okay, Mark. <laughs> Air Force. All right. You're going to witness decline in those places too. You're going to see them try to adapt to this nonsense of of people not being sure which gender they are and what marriage is. And it's, it's, it's infecting our military. But let me challenge you with this. In those places, you can still have liberty and shine for Christ. You're going to be in situations that frustrate you, but don't lose sight of the fact you're the light where God has put you. Don't jump ship, no pun intended, because it's frustrating to you. You know what? Sinners do frustrating things, and spiritual blindness causes nonsense. But don't quit. Don't leave. Amen. Be all you can be for the Lord. Amen. Don't forget your calling. Now, another subtle way our liberty in Christ can be taken away is found in Galatians 2.4. And that because of false brethren unawares brought in, who came in privately to spy out our liberty which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. There are going to be people who profess to be saved, and maybe some are, who are going to question this book, Redefine what God has said. Tell you that what you believe is too narrow. Don't listen to those voices. No. They'll try to convince you that, you know, just, you have liberty in Christ, just enjoy yourself. Well, enjoy yourself in Christ. But don't, don't go back to those things that bring bondage. And by the way, in fairness to the context, and don't listen to those, and this is what Galatians is all about, don't listen to those who tell you that keeping the law by itself will bring you freedom. The letter kills the freedoms in Christ. So I have the freedom to please him, but if I keep a bunch of rules and I don't walk with God and I'm trying to merit something from God... Well, that, that's, that'll kill your joy too. 
All right, so be careful of the voices that you're listening to and listen to his voice. Sometimes I get encouraged, sometimes I get very concerned when somebody finds a favorite preacher on the radio. There's some great preaching on the radio or on the internet. But you have to weigh everything those voices say through what God has said. Be careful. And listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because if they're not saying what he says, he's going to ring your bell. He'll tell you. So be careful. Make sure that you try the voices you hear. And try the spirits to see whether they are in fact from God. Finally, the pursuit of spiritual freedom is encouraged by prayer. Encouraged by prayer. Hebrews 10 verse 19 says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiness by the blood of Jesus. And that's, that's why I'm using that word encouraged. Boldness to enter. There's, there's your encouragement. We can encourage each other. And, and my prayer is that this message this morning will encourage you. But nowhere in the New Testament does the Lord say that your primary encouragement, your primary feeding is to come from your pastor. You are to be the primary feeder in your time alone with the Lord. All right, so back to the text. Brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest. By the blood of Jesus. And then look down at verse 22. Let us draw near with a pure, a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. Stop for a moment. Why is that there? It goes back to the previous point. You can pretend that you have the joy of the Lord and that you're walking with him and your conscience knows otherwise. Your secret life needs to be sincere and consistent with what you portray to others. Be careful. You can pretend to have liberty and be in bondage. And you and God know it, though you do a good job trying to convince everybody else otherwise. And he goes on, and our bodies washed with pure water. All of us needs to be clean. Now, why did we turn to this text this morning? Well, look back at verse 19. Do you know what that word boldness is? That word boldness is your New Testament word for liberty. Having therefore, brethren, liberty to enter into the holiness by the blood of Jesus, let us draw near with a sincere heart. So the key in your pursuit is prayer. Praying always. You ladies that have been in Renee's class, this is what you've been studying for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I know, I know it's changing her. I know God's using it to change you. You pray about everything, including the soap suds. Pray about everything. Go boldly, but your, your liberty is to go to God about everything. And by the way, men, we need to be doing it too. We need to be doing it too. And here's what you'll discover. When you walk in the Spirit, reiterated steps of prayerful dependence, talking to God. This is why Hebrews 12 says, looking unto Jesus. There's, the, the tone of that is, involves prayer. When that is your life, you're experiencing spiritual freedom. 
And you'll continue to pursue that. And God will continue to use that in your life. So, the pursuit of liberty. Pastor Ned made a comment this morning, and wow. Do you know that you can be persecuted for Jesus sitting in a prison cell? You can be bound, threatened, on trial, maybe even abused. And do you know that you can sit in that cold, dark place and still have liberty? That's who we are in Christ. If he's in control and we're not. If we're allowing him to satisfy us. And we're not looking at the world and all the things that the world says bring joy and happiness. We ignore that and we just pursue Christ. And by the way, when you're pursuing Christ and you have that freedom and that joy, then it's sweeter to enjoy the good things in this life too. We can, we can really have our cake and eat it too. But it's just a foretaste of what's going to happen when the presence of sin is gone and we're with Jesus forevermore. So don't wait until you're with Jesus to start knowing the freedom of that. Your calling is to know that now. So may God help us to remember the sacrifices that have been made to help gain our freedom here. But let's remember the real freedom, the unshackled freedom that we have because of what Christ did for us and the fact that now he lives in us and he wants to live through us. Toward the hope of our high calling, toward the promise we've received. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, please visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We encourage you to share this message with others. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and God's Word has had an impact on your life, as together we strive to show forth the path of life. Press on.